Hey, y'all, you're listening to the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and this is week four of the Summer of Mentorship series, where we go back and we re-listen to conversations with women of faith, amazing mentors who are going to help us in our walk with God. And today's conversation is with Susan C. I think that that intentional part comes in when we recognize that there's going to be some type of of trigger, something's going to happen or something's not going to happen, maybe that we expected. And then there's our response to it. And that gap in between that trigger and that response is where we get to bring in that intentional parenting that I talk about. It's where we get to make a conscious choice of what will preach the gospel in this moment. What is it that we can do that would most honor God in this moment? Which, What would most build a connection with our child in this moment? And let's choose that thing. Because our emotions just want to go, you know, they just want to run wild and do their own thing. But we get to really be aware in that moment that I don't have to have a knee-jerk reaction. I can make a choice. This episode originally aired in December of 2014. It was called Focused Instead of Frustrated. Since then, Susan has created this awesome package of intentional parent card sets with fabulous conversation starting questions. You can find the links in the show notes for that. And remember, also in the show notes are the discussion questions you could be using with your GCM Podcast Club. If you want to learn more about the Podcast Club, go to godcentermom.com backslash podcast club. But today's episode, we're just chatting on how to focus your parenting. You know, Susan shares about her own anger issues and how she was getting frustrated and really figuring out the root of it um, was a lot of comparison and a lot of um, unrealistic expectations. And so she kind of guides us on how to narrow in on what's really just important for our family, how to parent towards that. And um, I also love that Susan you know, she shares how she had the anger issue. She also shares vulnerably about a breaking point she had and the discovery she and her husband made. It's going to be great. Here we go. Hey, Susan, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Well, thanks so much. I'm so glad to be here. Well, okay. I am thankful that your friend introduced me to you. I went and she'd sent me a link to a webinar you did, and I was listening to it in the grocery store. And I loved every word, and I kind of wished I was, like, at home and had paper and I could be taking notes because I really, really was inspired by what you had to say. Um, But before we get into all that, will you tell everyone about your family, how many kids Uh, you have, and all that sort of thing? Yeah, I can so do that. And first, I just want to give all of your listeners a peek behind the scenes. I am actually sitting here in my driveway And because I have a big family, I am sitting inside of my 15-passenger van while I talk to you because this is where peace and quiet lives. So Yes, and I'm in my closet. So from a closet to a van, that's that's the magic, people. That's the magic. This is hilarious. Okay. So let's see. I have um, seven children. My oldest and only boy is 18. Oh, wow. And then only I one have boy. Oh, my goodness. One boy and then six girls. And my youngest <laughs> girly is uh, just turned five over the weekend. Wow. So yes. you're kind of coming out of little kid zone. 
I mean, five is a big step. That's a big step, it don't you is. think? She's yeah. also got her first loose tooth. Oh, no. So <laughs> it's just really becoming big girl world and big boy world in our house. And I'm just, oh. Wow. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to brace myself for all of this. So, yes, I have high school, senior, all the way down to five-year-old in my home. I found you through a webinar. But can you tell everyone how you even got there? How did you even oh. get to a, a stay-at-home mom who homeschools on a webinar? <laughs> right? Oh, that's a fun journey. And yes, if they want to go and uh, watch that webinar or listen to it in the grocery store like you did, which I love <laughs> that idea, um, they can go look that up on YouTube. It's out there. If they just search Mom's Night Out online okay, and um, just look for my name, Susan, S-E-A-Y, Susan C, and they'll find me. It's right there. And I'll put the and- link in the show notes, too, so they can find that too over oh perfect yeah yeah perfect yeah and so how did I get there amazing crazy story so I live here in Austin Texas and I had a great joy in um visiting with my friends every Friday we'd go to park day and we'd sit around and the kids would play and the moms would visit you know I think the park day was really more for the moms but we never told the kids that. yes yes And, and so we would inevitably try to solve all the world's problems, including our own like laundry and dishes and kids tantrums. And inevitably we'd come up against at least one challenge that we could not solve. And Mm. my style is if I can't solve the problem, let's go find somebody who could. So I would go in the community and find an expert on whatever our issue was of the day. So if it was organization or meal planning or whatever that was, I'd go find an expert And then I would bring all my friends together at one of their houses or at my house and have the expert come and teach us. Really? um, That's that's amazing. Yes. You're a good friend to have. Okay. (laughs) And I was like running all of this through my Yahoo email and it was an absolute mess. I mean, I don't, when I think back to how I did that and now that I know some of the technology that's available, it's cuckoo, but I did it. And I had one of my friends pull me to the side and say, hey, you know, you're really good at this. And what you do is amazing and people love it. You probably could help more people. Mm. And her just saying that when it really wasn't a desire of mine to do something big, I was just trying to do what I thought was right. Was helpful. Um, Yeah. It was helpful and scary. So mm. I ran away from her for about a year. Like I, you know, I just avoided her at parties and gatherings and just was kind of like, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> but I finally one day said, let's have coffee. Let's sit down and talk. And um, we got together and she said, you know, <laughs> I was sorry. I could tell I scared you and I wasn't trying to. I was trying to encourage you. Um, and she helped me to pull together and start my first website. And the whole focus with that was to help moms. I started to pull together larger events, had my first speaker come in from out of state. She came in from Cal- from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I kept asking her, so after the event, what could people do with you? What could they, how could they connect with you? What's the mm. next step for them? And all she really had at the time was her book. So I gave her this suggestion. I said, how about like something like an online class? So she called me one day and said, Susan, I think it's a great idea. Let's do it. And I said, it's fantastic. When you have it ready, call me. I'll tell my friends we'll sign up. And she said, no, I want to do it with you. Oh, wow. And I was like, are you kidding me? I don't even know how to work my iPhone. There's no way you want me to do anything online. And she said, no, I believe that if God gave you that idea, then he's going to equip you and show you how to do it. Wow. And I went, what? (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, isn't it funny how we'll talk about how big God is and all that he could do? And then he asks us to do one thing and we're thinking, no way. Not me, Moses. <laughs> Not me. I'd rather uh, herd these sheep, God, than get a whole people out of Egypt. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. I was just fine over here. In my I don't even world. know how to talk. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. Well, that was me standing there like, no way. Yeah. But I said, okay, you know what? She's shown a lot of faith in God and she's trying to extend some confidence into me. Let me receive that gift. It's just phenomenal. So Mm -hmm. after working with her and several other successful authors and speakers, one after another started really speaking into me and saying, you know, Susan, there's a lot that you have to share with moms. And we really think that you should go out and work on your own book and work on some of your own trainings because people would really benefit from what you have to say. Wow. And I was like, wait, if, you know, I'm, am I being fired? Like what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but it's really just an amazing, another level to the call of what God is saying. That's how I see it. Yeah. So I think um, your message too, of just really living intentionally and as families and as, as moms is such a good one. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. and not just in theory, like sometimes I can I think, well, I'd like to live intentionally mm-hmm. <laughs> someday. I'll put that on the to-do list <laughs> to live intentionally, Absolutely. but the really acting it out. So, so I know you get shared some points in your webinar, but, um, some of the ones that stood out to me, um, were, were your thoughts on, you know, comparing our journey to other other mom's oh, journeys. Oh my goodness, that's big, right? Yeah, I think that um, is really big. even in what you were saying with your your webinar story, you never said, well, I can't do it as well as so-and-so or all, you know, you kind of just are doing what God's calling you to do in your position. But what would you say to a mom who's like, well, you know, such and such and so-and-so, they, they do it so much better, or they're a better mom than me, or I could never homeschool because I'd never be as patient as as she is, or, you know? <laughs> well, oh, they would only need to know me to know how true that none of that is. It's yeah. just like, you know, I, I say that being a mother is the ultimate refiner's fire in my life. Mm-hmm. It is the stuff, being a mother and being with my kids and being with them all day is how God is refining me to be the person he's always desired and to help me to walk in the faith that I confess with my lips, Mm. because without them, I just, I never realized how selfish I could be, how um, easily angered and touchy and offended I could be. And I just never realized how much of a grip stuff had in my life. You know, like when I buy my beautiful dishes that I just loved. And then I walk in my room and I hear crash, mm-hmm. how suddenly I just wanted to lash out at everyone when it mm-hmm. was just a dish. But mm-hmm. for me, it was like, oh, I'm personally offended. You yes. broke my dish. So uh, can we not have one like, nice thing in this house? That, exactly. <laughs> this is what I mean. I don't have to bubble wrap everything. Yeah. 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 I don't ask speech. for much. I just want a dish. <laughs> yeah. The pity party. That, yes. That. Yes. I just wanted to put the little cone hat on and have a great old pity party yeah. right there. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, it's the stuff that I look back on and I realized just how much of an angry mom I used to be. Mm. And that broke my own heart when mm. I realized that, my kids deserve so much better than what I'm doing right now in this moment. Like they shouldn't look into the eyes of their mother and see such judgment and such shame and such 
um, none of those things that I wanted to give to them. But at that moment, it just felt justified. I was like, I feel justified. I asked for just five minutes alone, you know, and you're still knocking on the door. And I made a conscious effort to change that. And one of the times that I really showed my anger was in the morning. You know, Mm -hmm. when I was in those stages where I had a little one and I was nursing all night and Mm -hmm. so I didn't get a good night's sleep. And then the other ones were getting sleep and they'd wake up bright (laughs) and early in the morning and come in the room and they're good morning, mom. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, what? There's no way it's time for you to be out of the bed yet. Just Mm -hmm. give me 30 more minutes. Mm -hmm. Like go in the room until you hear me in the kitchen. And I realized one day, listen to me. Like that's, Mm -hmm. they came in with this beautiful good morning and I'm giving them the just give me more time. Not right now. Close the door. Mm. You might wake the baby. Mm. And I said, that's just not what I want them to remember. Mm. And so I changed it. And I, I how did you it change it? Like what, be, what were your steps? I, yeah. I identified it with myself and said, I want to change what our mornings look like. And so I made it the wake up happy rule. And the wake up happy rule is very simple for me. It's as soon as I'm aware that I'm awake, even before I open my eyes, I smile. Mm. And there's something that changes about you if you just smile. Mm. Like imagine if you're about to correct a child who's doing something wrong and you pause before you speak and you just smile, how much it would change the dynamic of the interaction you're about to have. Mm. And so when I am conscious that I'm awake in the morning, I smile first. And even if I had a little one beside my bed who was trying to say good morning, the first thing I would say to them is, good morning, sweet one. How are you? Mm. And then I might open my eyes. And after they leave the room, I might do the, oh, my gosh, I've only got two hours sleep. (laughs) But it was like it would change the way I engaged with them and the way they remember their mornings. Mm. And I said, it has to start with me. I can't say it's their fault or it's the baby's fault or anybody else I wanted to blame at the time that caused me just to be more and more upset because what is the root of that, that thing that was bothering me is that my expectations were false. Mm. So I had this expectation that, it's standard I should get eight hours sleep, even if I have mm-hmm. a bunch of toddlers and an infant in the home. Well, see, moms, you know, around the world would laugh at that. They'd be like, come on, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> yeah, that sounds now. good even now with older <laughs> kids. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, sleep, what's that? But Yeah, there's too much cleaning thing. to do and then other things yeah. to do you know, before bed. Yeah. Yeah. Truly, truly. Mm. So that wake up happy rule is still in effect to this day. Mm. Uh, It's not just me. It's for the kids, too. So if the little ones wake up and they're grumpy, I have found that sometimes just giving them another 15 more minutes will change our entire day. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe they're just not ready to get going yet. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't I look at other moms and I try my best not to compare when I'm around moms that that speak almost as if they're singing, like they're always sweet, you know? And I'm just like, oh, that's yes. so cool. Yes. That's so cool. I kind of, yeah, I love It's, it's that really nice you. that they're really sweet and they have this angelic voice. <laughs> I I can't even muster the angelic voice. Seriously. I, I think sound like I'm from Chicago. even more afraid. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, no, there was one time where I'm like, I'm going to smile all day. And the boys were like, you're creeping us out, mom. Why are you, why are you making that face? That's what they said. That, I, I think it. if I tried to sing song all day, they'd go, what is wrong with you? What is that? 
Like, I'm trying to be someone else and it's not fitting me, is it? So no. I'll stop. So it, that comparison is a very, very um, big trap that so many of us fall into. You know, yeah. I've got friends who I walk in their home and it really should be on the cover of a magazine. <laughs> and my house really is like, have you seen those Pinterest fails? Like, yeah. that would be me. Yeah. Be like, yeah. Or have you I seen hoarders or something? Yeah. That would yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's too much stuff in here. Yeah, I I think that that's right. And I, it's interesting that you brought up the anger and the expectations before the comparison because a lot of my anger or frustration stems in comparison. Mm-hmm. That I th- I think in my head, I'll think of my most favorite friend who, is, who I in my mind consider the best mom and I picture her at her best moment. And then I see the reality of my current moment and I'm angry <laughs> that mm-hmm. it doesn't look like hers. Or mm-hmm. I think of how she would handle it and I see how I'm falling short of that. And so then I get even madder. And then I get mm-hmm. madder that my kids force me into that position, you know, and then I put it on them, you know. So, so, yeah, I, I, I do see how um, anger it can stem in that comparison. In the mm-hmm. trap that that is. That's good. What yes. else you got? Just keep going. I just want to listen to you talk. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. That I think that that intentional part comes in when we recognize that there's going to be some type of, of trigger. Something's going to happen or something's not going to happen, maybe that we expected. Mm. And then there's our response to it. And that gap in between that trigger and that response is where we get to bring in that intentional parenting that I talk about. Mm. It's where we get to make a conscious choice of what will preach the gospel in this moment. Mm. What is it that we can do that would most honor God in this moment, which what would most build a connection with our child in this moment. And let's Mm. choose that thing because our emotions just want to go, you know, they just want to go run wild and yeah. do their own thing. Yeah. But we get to really be aware in that moment that I don't have to have a knee jerk reaction. Mm. I can make a choice. Mm. That's good. I think that's my biggest struggle. I get so caught up in the emotion of the event and I get pulled down to the level of a five-year-old or a seven-year-old that I start acting like that mm-hmm. and reflecting back their emotions instead of projecting the gospel to them. Mm-hmm. So, so we're in that moment of deciding intentional parenting. Do you have like a toolbox that you're pulling from? How do you switch from emotion to intentionality? Cause it just feels like emotions win more yes, often, it? more often than the thought, like my brain takes like way too long to catch up with my emotions. <laughs> right. And then it's guilt. So it, the emotions jump in, I react knee jerk. Gotcha. And then the brain is like, no, this is wrong. This is not how Jesus would do it. Exactly. And then there's guilt and there's backpedaling. And anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then it just really heaps on top of it. Yeah. The more guilty you feel, the more you lash out. Because mm-hmm. now you're ashamed of the way you're behaving. And yeah, you, know so you project shame to everyone around you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just becomes a vicious cycle. So, so help us. Help us. What, <laughs> what do we do? So I would say what I want us to all shift, make a conscious shift in the way we're parenting. For some reason, 
As soon as I found out we were expecting our first child, I ran to the bookstore because I'm that kind of mom and that kind of person. Like, I'm yeah. just like information, 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 input, information input, right? Input, yeah. And so I reached out and started getting tons of information on, you know, air quote, how to parent this child, how to be the best mom and how to be, you know, control or, or, or help them be healthy and happy and amazing and well-behaved and all these things. And all of that input came in. And then when I couldn't meet all of those new expectations from all these authors and experts, I just felt guilty about what I wasn't doing and what I could do better. And I want parents to shift. And instead of immediately seeking the how-to information, I want them to first do a search inward and recognize that parenting is a privilege that's been bestowed upon us, that you're chosen for that special and unique call in your life. And that child is placed in your hands and in your care for some reason. Mm. And if we can identify with that privilege to, to parent them and to love them and to care for them, then what is it that would be the core values that we want to pass on to that child, that we want to communicate to that child for a lifetime? Mm. And in my mind, I ask parents to pick three. Because there's an infinite number we could come up with. I want them to do this and I want them to feel loved and I want them to be courageous and I want them to be bold, but I want them to be humble. (laughs) It's like you just go on this list. I don't want you to go on a long list. I want you to pick three. So in our household, that looks like faith is foundational for us, love and respect. Mm. So if we parent from a place of our core values of faith, love and respect, then that directs everything that we do with them. It directs the way we spend time. It it directs the way we spend our money. Mm. It directs the activities that we choose. It directs the way I talk to them and interact with them because I want it all to communicate faith, love, and respect. And I try to keep that so central and so core that in that moment, I don't have to try to think about a thousand different things. I just think about those three. Mm. And then I say, how can I communicate this in this moment? Mm. Does that make sense? It does. I just, I, have you ever done strength finders, strengths finders? Have you ever heard of that? It's like I a, have heard of it, but I haven't done it. It's like a be, uh, personality type of Myers-Briggy, one of those things. Okay. And um, it gives you 34 strengths. And I think one of my bottom ones is intentionality. Like, I just think it's not my top. Mm. strength and so I struggle to like have a plan or even like if I came up with my three things in that moment Mm -hmm. I think I would even forget I'm just trying to yeah I think that it is helpful well it's just hard for me I mean I think it's just how I'm wired is so um one of my tops is flexibility Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm moving with the moment so I'm really that's easy for me. A plan changes. I, I'm very flexible. And that's, as you can tell with even a scheduling our interview, like I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm very <laughs> flexible, but it's hard to hold my values and my intentionality in a moment with my kids. Does that make sense? Because it's just not a strong thing for me. And, and I desire it. And yet the reality is, is fleeting for me. I'm just, struggle to now, I'm act wondering, it out. As you say that, if maybe there's some external 
intentionality you're trying to bring mm. that's not necessarily what your core value really is. Okay. Let me see if I can make that make yeah. sense. Yeah. So to teach children to be flexible, mm-hmm. I think is a very important part of life. And if that's what you do naturally, then there's not some other thing for you to teach them because you're teaching them that. No, that's a good word right there. Yes. I think that is very true. If my, if my desire is to have a value of um, organization Mm -hmm. and that is the farthest thing from my, who I am, Mm -hmm. that value is never going to come out naturally in an interaction with my kids. So I think that you're, that's true. I'm trying to be all the things and I want my kids to be all the things. Yeah. So I need to pick the ones that are priorities for my husband and I and kind of stick with those. So faith, love, and respect might be y'all's and ours might be, um, you know, my husband and I really like to love on people. Mm -hmm. So love could still be our thing, but I don't know. Yeah. I think that's really good. So really think about how God wired you and your husband and your family and make those be your values. Don't just pick values that you think are the right Christian exactly. ones. Okay. I like exactly. that. Exactly. So like really that. honor who you are mm. because as you model that, that will help your children to honor who they are. That's good. Yeah. You see, our children, we and our family, we went through a big work about a couple of years ago where um, I have one particular daughter who's a very sensitive, soft-spoken person. That's mm-hmm. just who she is. Yeah. And she scared me. I would be at the park and I'd watch little kids come up, take her toys from her. And she'd just kind of be like, okay. And she'd kind of go play with <laughs> something else. And I am a different personality and was like, oh, no, 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 no. We are not mm-hmm. having that. Mm-hmm. And I'd go over and grab her hand and take her over to the little boy and say, now tell him that's not okay. <laughs> and her voice would be shaken and her whole body would be quaking. And she, that's not okay to mm. do that. And mm. I'm saying, no, baby, say it like you mean it. That's not okay. Mm. And she'd be in near tears. And I thought I was teaching her the right thing. Because mm. that's really what I wanted is her. I wanted her to be strong. I didn't want her to be run over and pushed over and overlooked mm. and mm. people taking things from her, especially as a girl. I was like, no, babe, this, no, like, let's stop this. <laughs> You're trying now. to this empower is, her. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I was trying, but I was going about it in a way that was scaring her. Mm. She was scared. Mm. And I had this moment where. We were doing some reading and we started learning about some about different personality types. And when I looked at her personality type, she would never be, she would never approach situations the way I do. Yeah. Where I come in and I'm assessing and I'm willing to speak up. She's going to be one who's going to observe and she'd make more of a quiet stance. Yeah. But her stance is a stance nonetheless. Yeah. And she's going to choose the really important. She's going to, when she has a stance, it's going to be something that's truly valuable to her, not like a toy that she doesn't really care. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so I started to see that about her and honor that in her Mm. and not try to make her more like what I thought was right. Yeah. And I have seen her grow by leaps and bounds in the past two years because she understands that she might say things with a quaky voice, but it doesn't change that it's very real for who she is. Yeah. And she doesn't say it like mama says it mm-hmm. or like her sisters who are like mama say it, but it's her place and her way nonetheless. Mm. Just finding find in a home that with that many kids, too, it's important for her to like find her identity. The mm-hmm. fact that you could figure that out with her being so young, that's really great. 
Yes. So those that that is just one part of her honoring who she is. Our family gets to honor that that's who she is and not try to tell her that it, it's not right or it should be done differently. Mm. And it's just an outflow from that. When we go into other people's homes where we don't think our house should look like their house, that our family should function the way their family does. We just have that grace that flows into every part of our lives now. So that is really good. Susan, you got it right there. That was great. Yes. And I think it's really great as moms, like you were saying, when we're picking our values, I think it's great to, in our correction of our children and just kind of really remembering who they are and what's important to them mm-hmm. and not placing our values on them. Um, which I guess maybe as a family, you're picking your values, maybe mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. you and your husband, but like what's important to all of us as a family. Cause I know one of my son's justice is very important to him. He really wants things to go right. Internet, you know, justice across the board. For Mm -hmm. himself and then just he does not like seeing people who are homeless. He does not like seeing um, people being mistreated. Um, So I think, yeah, I think that's Mm -hmm. really good to pick values as a family. So, um, okay, I'm kind of going to shift a little bit because I really loved when you were talking about friendships in your Mm -hmm. webinar. And you were talking about how you and your mind had um, always craved a good group of girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. as, you know, y'all had kids together and then things started changing in the dynamics of your own individual lives, it kind of affected your friendships. Oh, yeah. Um, and I have seen that, you know, we all had our group of friends when we all had first young babies. And and now that our kids are in school and people are now going to different churches and it, and it shifts things and it's hard. It's a hard adjustment. It is. So what would you say to the to the woman who's going through that, who's seeing the friendship shift and, mm-hmm. and wondering if something's wrong. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I'll, I'll share a little bit about the illustration that I feel like God gave me that helped me to really understand this. And okay. it was just, you know, I had that core group of friends. I absolutely did. And each person would, you know, change a little bit, either, you know, they would move away, which happened a lot. Or um, they would just have different interests or different time schedules within their family. We just weren't able to interact like we used to. And for me, I imagined that we were all on the same train. And it was like I would pull up at a platform and some friends would get off and they'd kind of leave my life. But these new group of people would come on and I would be like, oh, great. Here's some new friends. We're going to be together and we're going to stick together. And we'd stop at another train station. Some would get off and some get on. And, um, you know, God showed me that. You know, Susan, you've been approaching this in a totally wrong perspective. Let me give you my perspective. And he showed me, you know, to imagine a a big train station like you would see in a major city, like picture, you know, New York or Chicago, big city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big city. And there's all of these train tracks coming into this one space. And he said, each of you. Each person has their own train. They're in their own train car and they're on their unique track, which is their path and their journey. Mm. And there are times where we're going to come into stations and we'll be there together. But that's for a season. Some Mm -hmm. seasons are longer than others, but it's for a season. And there are going to be times when people are going to need to honor the path and their journey and the direction that God is calling them. And we need to bless them. And not consider that that's wrong. Like, oh, man, she's going that direction. That's probably not right. (laughs) We need to honor her journey, honor her life, 
and love her as she follows the path that God called for her. And likewise, we have to be willing to do the same for us because maybe God calls us to leave that core group of friends and that city we've always lived in and go do something new. And we want to cling to it and go, but this is my, you know, I've, this is where my kids were born and this is where we've always been. And I don't want to leave this, but we need to trust that God has a unique path and journey for each one of us. Mm. And when we follow that, there's blessing along the way. Mm. That's so good. And I know that when you're talking about different tracks and not concerned, you're not talking about like if someone, um, was choosing a lifestyle that you know is is not, you know, following God's calling. You're saying mm-hmm. when they are following God's calling, because oh, of course absolutely. we would we would gather friends up if they're if we see them going astray. But I think that mm-hmm. you know I've moved a lot. I've been to a lot of different towns, so I've seen this in action. But I think in Dallas there's a lot of, and I don't know about Austin. I think Austin's more transient. But in Dallas, people like are born here. They go to school here. They go to college here. They stay here. They have grandkids here. It's like. <laughs> There, you have the exact same friends you've had your whole life, and and I think that um, I see. You know, I've had so many different friendships in so many different cities that I definitely see mm-hmm. what you're talking about. But it's still, um, it's still hard. It's a still hard transition. It really is to make. And, I, and you're absolutely right. I'm not. I'm not talking about things that we absolutely are sure of that that's not God's will. Yeah. But though, I'm talking about those things where we get picky about. Someone's a stay-at-home mom, and now they're going to get go to work. Or yeah. someone's now starting a business, but it's like, wait, what? What is she doing? I don't know. I don't think yeah. that's right. And it's like, no, honor the fact that she's got a unique journey, mm-hmm. and that if if that's what God has called her to, she needs to be able to say yes. And all the more we make it easier for people to say yes to God when we bless them and we yeah. say, we trust the God in you. Mm-hmm to take you where you're supposed to go. Yeah. And I'm here for you. If you need me, call me. I'd love to talk to you, encourage you, pray with you and just be there for them. Yeah. And, and trust that whenever the decision that makes, they may have a whole new group of friends they make in mm-hmm. that process, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They likely will. Yeah. 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 I think that is so good. Susan, you're a very wise person. If there was one thing you would want moms to know, this is kind of last mm-hmm. minute. Or not last minute, a surprise question. What one thing would you want to leave moms with? Mm. Wow, that's a great question. I think I'm going to go back to that place of really recognizing that to be a mother is such a privilege and such an honor. Mm. And that we are more equipped for this journey of motherhood than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times we allow ourselves to be influenced by so much outside of us. And that if we would just turn inward in prayer to God and in humble service to the call he's put on our lives, that he will direct our paths. He will make our way straight. He will honor the promises that he's given to us. And we will reap the benefits of his blessing in our lives. I think that's good. I think that's a good word. If there's any one mistake you've ever made, mm. what you could go back and change, would it be the the not smiling or is there another? Mm. Well, <laughs> well, I think a lot of my anger was rooted in the fact that I believed it was all up to me in order for my kids to turn out right. Mm. And I treated it as if this big bad world was out to get my good kids. 
And so I um, tried, I couldn't build a fence high enough and a, a wall thick enough to keep, you know, the dangers of this world away from them. And I somehow forgot that sin is an inward issue. And it's a, you know, we all have darkness within our hearts. And so I just fortified the enemy within. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I realized that, you know, nothing that I try to keep them from will keep them from their own um, fallen ways. And so I need to be more intentional about really revealing the truth to them of who God is and the promises of his word and how we can walk in the truth of his word and not lean to our own understanding and he will make our pathway straight. So I would say thinking it was all up to me and me trying to carry the burden, which really almost caused me to have a full on breakdown. Mm. And um, I'm thankful that I was rescued from that, but I was closer than I ever want to really think about because I was trying to carry all of the weight of doing it right. Right. Mm -hmm. I was trying to be the good mother and trying to be the right mother and trying to come about this as a way of perfection, Mm. which is impossible. And I was really breaking down my health, breaking down my relationship with my husband Um, causing way too much burden to be upon my children to be right Mm. and to be perfect. And uh, I'm I'm so thankful to be rescued from that and to to be in a place where it's just grace, grace, grace. And who rescued you? Was it just you and God and you recognizing it and just kind of a conviction or was there a person or what Mm. was it that kind of revealed that to you? Mm. Well, it, it was after, um, I think we go through a lot of processing of emotions after we have a baby. Mm -hmm. And it was after my um, last baby was born, I could really feel it all the way around. Like I could just feel this heaviness Mm -hmm. and this burden. Mm -hmm. And I um, asked my hubby to let's go out to eat and because we need to talk. And I told him I'm done. And that's the only two words I could get out. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And he says now he didn't know if I was saying I was divorcing him or leaving him or like, he was like, I don't even know what you mean. Yeah. But it was all I could say because after that I just cried Mm. and um, he and I got to talk through it and realized that I was so busy trying to be the perfect wife and the perfect mom that I kept working harder and harder to keep the house just right. And the kids well behaved and Mm -hmm. everything just right so that he would want to come home. Mm. Well, he was coming home And seeing that the house was all clean, the kids were good, everything was done, he didn't feel like he had a real need or purpose. Mm. So he would work longer and longer hours because he's like, oh, she doesn't need me. They're good. Mm. So he would work longer hours and I would think he doesn't want to come home. Mm. We need to do something better here. We were in this crazy, vicious cycle. Mm. And I just got to a place where I just could tell I couldn't take it, not one more day. Mm -hmm. And he admitted that he had absolutely become that workaholic and just, you know, just they'll be fine. And I'm earning money so that I can take care of them and do things for them. And I'm going to provide for my family kind of a thing and very defensive about it too. Yeah. And uh, we had to both admit that we had made idols out of the very thing God had called us to do. God Mm. called him to be a provider for our family Mm. and he had made an idol out of it. God called me to be a mother and to care for our family. And I had made an idol out of it. And we had to be willing to tear down those altars and say, no, God is God and God alone. 
Yes. And he will show us how to do this. And we don't have to make up in our minds all of these other expectations on top of it. We need to simply say, God said. Yeah. When I think it, ha- you know, yours, I can totally relate to your story. Mine happened after my fourth. I think some people happens after their first and their only mm-hmm. or their second. I think we all hit a moment where we reach our limit. And yes. God made you, Susan, to be able to take a lot until you <laughs> reached your breaking point. But I think, you know, it takes seven kids for some people. It takes 10 yes. kids for some people. It takes only one for some people or yes. none. That can be the breaking point. You know, that shows you just how thick my head was and how hard my <laughs> no, heart was. Just how capable <laughs> you can do a lot. You got made you able to do a lot before you get to your breaking point. But I think I think it, it he'll do it. He'll bring us to that humbling point where we know we we cannot do it on our own anymore. And right. um, that is that is the God, that was my message. That's what got me started on God Centered Mom was just realizing how proud I was and the the humbling yeah. of parenting um, was yeah. happening too much. <laughs> yeah, The humiliation was happening so much that I thought maybe God's trying to teach me something and I'm just not listening very well. Um, so I think, I think that, yeah, a lot of women can relate to what you're just saying and even, even your husband's side of it and, um, and, and the communication that needs to happen and then allowing God to uh, work and reveal himself to you so that you hand over those things to him. You bet. That's you really bet. good. Well, I appreciate you taking time in your van to talk with us. <laughs> you better get My that pleasure. podcast started because you've got a lot of good stuff to share. Really yes. good stuff. Really, well, I really appreciate good. this invitation. And for me, this just feels like two girlfriends talking on the phone. It's and great. This right? was just wonderful. So thank you for inviting me. Anytime. I'd love to have you back on. You are you are a very wise woman. Keep it up. And um, yeah, let me know when the, a book or... A podcast or anything comes out, I'll share it with um, all these listeners. So good. Wonderful. Okay, so I made that promise that if she came out with anything, I would tell y'all. So please go check out those intentional parent card sets. I don't get any money for telling you about them. I just think they're super cool. In the picture I have in the show notes, here's some questions. Of all the things you learned today, which was the most useful? What do you think dad does all day? What could I do right now that would let you know how much I love you? What's one thing you would like for us to do together? I'm amazed when I ask these kind of questions of my boys, the answers that I get. So go check those cards out over in the show notes. If you don't get the show notes or if you're like, what are you talking about? What's show notes? Basically, it's like a blog post back in the day when you'd look at blog posts on my site over at GodCenteredMom.com. And if you want them to land in your inbox as an email, all you have to do is go to the sidebar of my site, type in your email address, and click the button that says weekly show notes. And then every Monday, it'll show up in your inbox uh, with all the resources that I share every week and um, what we talk about. And you can decide if it's an episode you want to listen to that week. I also usually give little snippets from that week's show over on Instagram and Facebook. If you're not following me there at God Centered Mom, both places, sharing a little bit of my life and what God's teaching me in my quiet time and some centering truths that he has me repeating that week to help me uh, stay sane when the lies try to encircle my brain and I am getting off balance in my motherhood, in my wifehood, in my friendhood, my daughterhood. And all the roles that I'm playing when I need a little truth to keep me solid. Uh, I share that over on Instagram and Facebook. 
praying for you all. I just pray for my listeners that God is, I know he's pursuing each of you, but I'm praying that you feel that and that you know it and that uh, some woman in your path um, is personally pouring into you or you have found a way to pour into someone else and that you are finding relationships in your real life. That is my prayer, whether it's through the church, whether it's through community, I'm praying for real people in your life to do what Susan did for her friends. Um, and if you don't have it, then maybe it's time to start it. Like Kat Armstrong told us in her episode, maybe God's prompting you to be the answer to your prayer. If you are feeling alone, perhaps another mom is too, and you can be the one to, to start that community. All right, I'm blabbing long enough. Adios. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.